Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the third Sunday after Pentecost for the week of June 21st, 2020, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited because this is the longest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, and if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, it is the shortest day of the year. What a great time. It's a time that here in the Northern Hemisphere, we kick off summer and the summer months. And I know it's just been very odd. This has been a very weird year overall for various different reasons. And just feeling like now we're walking into summer already feels like we've missed stuff. There's been things that we've already felt like we've missed and we're just entering into summer. And it's kind of an interesting day. Also here in the States, we have Father's Day, a time to recognize people who have been fathers or father figures to other people. So shout out to all of those that have happened. But it's also an interesting text as we'll get into this week. But just thinking about all these different things and all these different changes it's kind of a nice moment in time to be really reflective, to take time to reflect upon different things. And that leads us perfectly into the Twitter question from last week. When was the last time you really slowed down and studied the environment in which you were in? What have you noticed that have disappeared? And what are the new things that you didn't notice before that had appeared? And it was really interesting in the comments that I got back this week how people could relate to that. The slowing down and really noticing things that they've noticed that suddenly, yeah, I haven't seen this in a while. Or suddenly having someone there to be able to listen and teach and show new things that they just hadn't been observant of before. And I think that's when we're walking through these texts, and especially now that we're in the longest church year of the year being Pentecost, at times we need to be able and okay with the idea of slowing down and really reflecting on what is all going on in this, especially now that we are bouncing back in the Gospel of Matthew and kind of going through some of the different things that were in Jesus' earlier teachings compared to where we have been over the last six weeks before this, especially during the Easter season. So, it's a nice time to be really reflecting on what it really means to be a Christian. What does it really mean to be a follower of Jesus in these times and and going through that? So we'll just jump into it this week, but I'll forewarn you, these are not easy, comforting texts most of the time. So the gospel text this week will be out of Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 39. Whew, this is a loaded text. Lots of law. Lots of different things that can be both comforting, but also very challenging. So this idea of Jesus going through these different laws and trying to encourage us to be able and willing to go out and realizing that in that time that we go out, that there are things that are going to be scary to us, that things are going to be hard at times. So like we get verses out of 28 here, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them shall fall to the ground apart from the father, and even the hairs on your head are counted. Just those two verses, you have 
so much contrast coming from the idea of don't fear death, fear the person who can destroy the body and separate you. And then you have aren't sparrows are not super valuable, but yet the father knows who they are. And yet your hairs on your head are counted. The next verse is, so do not be afraid. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Very back and forth is give and take. You get into further in this talking about how this is going to cause upheaval even within the family. Man against his father, daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household, coming from verses 35 and 36. And then it continues even in 37, whoever loves the father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves the son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Very hard texts. These texts that as we look at what the supporting readings are for this week, it's Jesus telling us that we are sent, that we are loved, we are cared about, but we are sent and that we need to continue to move forward within our own faith. Very hard text to get through this week. The first reading is from Jeremiah chapter 20 verses 7 through 13. This text screams dealing with persecution. This whole text goes through and how people are laughing at this person for their faith and going through of what should I be doing when everyone around me is saying that this isn't worthy to be dealing with, that this isn't something I should be doing. And yet that to continue to sing the praises of the Lord, they have to continue to move forward. They have to continue to get beyond what the persecution is in their ears, get beyond this idea of whatever is trying to strike me down, that the Lord has his best position for me and that I can lean into the Lord and sing praises to him and yet he will deliver me from the hands of my evildoers coming from the end of verse there. 13. The alternative first reading is from Genesis chapter 21 verses 8 through 21. And it's a section of scripture that is very important, but I don't think it's talked about very much. This is Hagar and Ishmael. So briefly to give you a little bit of the background. So we had last week, as you remember, Abraham and Sarah having a child, which would be Isaac. And While Isaac is being weaned off, Sarah notices that the child of Hagar, who is the slave of Abraham, and Abraham had fathered a son with her, and notices that their son Ishmael is laughing at Isaac. Sarah isn't very comfortable with this, talks to Abraham, you know, kind of pushes her will saying, can you please have Hagar and Ishmael leave? I just am not comfortable. Abraham talks to God about this. God says, don't worry, I will continue to take care of them. And so Abraham tells Hagar and Ishmael to leave. And this is a section here where Hagar then is thinking that they've been essentially cast out in the desert to die, and God provides for them. And this is 
a section of scripture that helps bring forward Islam is kind of comes out of this section of scripture following Ishmael as the chosen people of Israel. So this is a major text within our faith history here of multiple different faiths coming back to this text and how this is one of the points in scripture where we have a divide. So it's a really important text that I don't think it's talked about a ton. But again, you're having the persecution here of Hagar and Ishmael and Sarah just not feeling comfortable with the possibility of there being strife within there. The psalm this week is Psalm 69, verses 1 through 7, optionally 11 through 15, and then continued 16 through 18. And again, this is, how do I get through these difficult times, God? How do I get through when I am getting persecuted? How am I getting through when insults are continuing to be bombarded upon me and that I have to just continue to be prayerful and trust in the faith that you have given me, that you will deliver me through whatever I am going through. You can hear within the psalmist the struggle of what is going on, but also at the same time trying to hold on to the faith, realizing that faith will bust through, but I have to keep trusting that God's love will prevail. So there's really a beautiful human element in this psalm. Definitely worth going through and looking at some this week. The second reading is out of Romans chapter 6 verses 1b to 11. This kind of again kind of puts all of this stuff together and that we are not baptized into Christ Jesus's death but that we are baptized into the resurrection. And with doing that, Jesus went through this so that our old self, our sinful self, was crucified on the cross with him. That We may no longer be bound by that. And if we believe that, that we don't need to continue to die again over and over and over because Christ took care of that. And I think kind of the last two verses kind of summarize this very well. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourself dead to sin and alive in God, in Christ Jesus. So this idea of all these different things that pull us down that really are hard on us, the moments when we're feeling that persecution is taking over, That's already been taken care of. We have to continue to move forward, realizing that that's where the true life and what has been done for us has already been taken care of. So, before we get into how this ties with faith and science, we have to do our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, since I'm not an ordained minister, I love being able to listen to their Sermon Brainways podcast, having four different seminary professors from Luther Seminary in St. Paul, but also having the context of their commentaries, which are great theologians and pastors and wonderful people from all over the country trying to help you understand and give new perspective to these scriptures. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. Where to start 
we've had a couple weeks in a row now where we've had some really deep, hard-hitting texts, and I feel like this kind of continues along those themes this week. But when I'm looking at this, and one of the things I think you could easily recognize within how I was summarizing this is persecution, persecution, persecution. And Jesus, even in his gospel, talking about proclaiming, but yet there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be really hard and that you have to continue going through this because trust me that this is better. And then we have even coming in Paul's letter to the Romans that don't worry about this stuff that drags you down. You've been baptized into this new life and so go proclaim it. And then we have these Old Testament readings from Jeremiah and Genesis that, again, dealing with persecution, whether it's Sarah persecuting against the slave Hagar and her child, or just being where Jeremiah is getting persecution from his own people. And we hear it in the psalm. And it's such a relatable human emotion. And especially in the world and climate in which we're in right now, it's been something that's been highly debated. And so when I was thinking about this and trying to figure out how does science fit into this, the logical question is you could easily go into diving into the environment and how you could look at specific things and how we've neglected different things and persecuted against people who are trying to stand up for that. But I feel like I've sang that song, done that song and dance plenty of times. I felt like there was something to be said and to be thinking about scientists who have been persecuted in their life for ideas that they had that were later proven that they were correct. And it was that we had a a hard time at that point rationalizing and being able to understand what was being talked about. And if you think about when Jesus is sending out his disciples and is listing this stuff off, I'm confused now trying to fully grasp and understand all that's in there, much less these disciples having that being explained to them. This give and take back and forth would have been extremely difficult. And I think it's one of the things right now as we are going through scripture, we have the advantage of time to be able to understand stuff. But again, as we are interpreting it in this time and in this place at this moment, doesn't mean that we are going to interpret it the same way in even a year because of the lens and the things that we are seeing it through at this moment and in this time. And I think at times that's beautiful to be able to see And I'll go through some of these scientists, and it's stuff that we can now conclude and now at times even question, why do we see it any other way? But at the time, we couldn't see beyond where we were at that moment in time. And I think it's a good lesson for us to be thinking about when we are looking at these texts. So let's dig into it. Alfred Wagner was this guy living in the around the turn of the last century and was noticing within rock and fossil evidence that there was some type of movement within the continents, that something was going on. So he came up with this idea of continental drift. And it was nearly 30 years after his death that that became a mainstay within the scientific community as a accepted idea. And we can now understand that and see that, yes, there are continental plates that are underneath each continent that is causing slight movement back and forth in continental drift. And 
again, had, was persecuted in his own time for that. Ignaz Semuwise, which was a guy we talked about early on this year when this crazy world pandemic started. He was the one that talked about hand washing, and he was the one that was trying to save these women's lives in these hospitals that you were having doctors coming up from the morgue with blood on their aprons and hands to help deliver children and was noticing that the women who were helping deliver children who weren't down in the morgatory were having a lower mortality rate and was one of these people that was trying to get doctors to wash their hands. And when they were, they were noticing a stark contrast in the amount of deaths. But it wasn't until long after he was dead where it was fully accepted because it was very unmanly for men to wash their hands. And we would see that now as absolutely crazy. We're going to get into the solar system next and three different people who all kind of talked about this all at different times. And one I learned about tonight, Aristarchus. Aristarchus lived in 310 BC to 230 BC. And he was one of these guys that they don't know a ton about, but he's referenced in other papers talking about how the earth isn't the center of the universe that we are rotating around something else. And it's probably the first person to really theorize and think about this in depth. And so who knows if he was one of the people who inspired the next one, Nicholas Copernicus, who again, when he published his work, multiple scientists said it's very well done, but this idea is absolutely ludicrous and crazy. And we know that within the next hundred years, you had Galileo who was working on this and helping to confirm some of this. And then you had Johannes Kepler is another one that we've talked about again in the past before, who again was helping to confirm that the sun was the center of our solar system, not us, and that we weren't even moving around in perfect circles, that we were having elliptical orbits around our solar system. And again, it was multiple persecutions from multiple different people. And we've talked about this in the past, that this this section of history within the church, too, was very hotly contested. Martin Luther even came out and said that this wasn't true. You had Melanchthon, who was Martin Luther's like very close buddies, more publicly coming out and making these statements. And it took the church 250 years after the science community had really accepted these principles for us to be able to be accepting of this based on a few scripture passages. And now we, with going to space, this isn't crazy rocket science for us to be thinking about this stuff. Speaking of the church, we've had scientists within the church, and Gregor Mendel is a great example of that as a monk and was studying pea plants and started to have the foundation of what we now use for basic genetics. But the issue was is that he was seeing that traits were definitely passed from generation to generation and could be traced and it through some of this was starting to be able to have some predictability of different basic traits within his pea plants 
People thought this was absolutely nuts. And it wasn't until 16 years after his death that people started really appreciating the work of Gregor Mendel. And it took another 34 years after his death before anything was published on the basics of genetics. And it's from this that basic Punnett squares were formed. If you remember that from your basic biology class, I would assume. And one final one that I'll talk about, and again, this is one that bugged me in high school and college because it was in chemistry all over the place, was Amardo Avargo, or Avogadro's Law, talking about that when you have the same volume, there is the same number of molecules within that volume across the gamut. And that took an extremely long amount of time for us to be able to really fully prove that hypothesis. It was a good almost 15 years after his death, but now it's so accepted that it's become Avogadro's law. It's a basic fundamental thing that we use to be able to calculate volumes within different gases and is used in basic chemistry ideals just for calculating different things. So sometimes when we have these crazy different ideas, we are very quick to reject. We're very quick to state that that can't be the case. We're really quick to look at it through the lens of what we're at and where we're at at this moment and being blind to the possibilities of what could be opening up for us. We know the value of what Christ has with us. The love that he has for us, we can understand to an extent. But in this lifetime, I don't think we will be able to fully understand that extent. And that's one of the things that I think makes this so difficult. When you love someone, there's so many times that you want to tell them all these different things, but at times it's really hard to be able to explain it. Sometimes you just want to show it or be able to do all these different ways of expressing love. And at times, do we get tripped up with the love letters and stuff that and the ways that God is trying to communicate with us that we end up missing huge breakthroughs within our own faith? I look at these different scientists and within their fields, it's huge what they did. Three of them talking about our solar system and how through our basic understanding of that has changed and helped our understandings in such things on how big is this place in which we are which, again, we could easily get into the Big Bang, and I'm not going to get into that today, but I think it also helps us realize how vast and how big and how wonderful this universe is that we're still trying to understand it and explain it, and yet then God still is claiming and showing that he loves us. We have the foundation of genetics and being able to help understand how traits are passed on, how life continues to evolve. And it's from these types of basic principles that helps us with even dealing with viruses like coronavirus at this moment or any different flu or epidemic, because then we are able to understand how it's 
moving, transforming, how do certain traits come and go, comes from the basic understanding of these principles of genetic inheritance from the beginning. We have the understanding of germs and how germs work and how that deals with, again, the world in which we're in right now, but just basic everyday life and how it's good to wash your hands. Continental drift and helping us understand from this, think about how it's made us start to grasp a little bit deeper where there might be oil pockets, where there might be more likelihood of having earthquakes because of the tectonic plates, where are we more likely to have volcanoes and different things of that nature. Again, dealing with these plates that if we don't understand that, it the stuff is kind of crazy to think that how is land moving? And then we get to the point of how can you tell me that molecules of different gases at the same volume contain the same number of molecules even though that they're different sizes of the molecules and i myself have a hard time explaining that but i've watched it happen in basic chemistry classes going through and getting back to avogadro's number that this is this is true and how this is such a basic fundamental baseline thing to be able to build upon for us to understand things. When Paul is writing and talking to us about that we are not born into the death of Christ but that we are born into the resurrection of Christ, that's game changing. That moves us in a totally different direction. And with that being the case, with living into that type of worldview and living into that life, it's going to at times cause friction, cause persecution, cause times where it looks like, why should I continue to do this? Why should I continue to take notes on pea plants if no one is acknowledging this stuff? Because there is a passion to understand. And Gregor Mendel was really thinking that he was on the edge of understanding something. And he was. Even though he was persecuted by the monks who were around him, persecuted by probably other people that he was talking to, that he was able to figure out which plants were going to have green peas and which ones are going to have yellow peas. And not only that, which ones were going to be rounded and firm peas and which ones were going to be wrinkled peas. This is monumental stuff. Within our own faith, so often we get caught up and get distracted. And especially living within the United States of America, we aren't used to being persecuted in our own faith. And yet, Jesus is calling us to continue to push and know that, yes, I'm comforting you in those moments that you need the comfort But I'm also challenging you to continue to go out, realizing that the work that I have for you is difficult, realizing that there will be times that you will be persecuted, you will be called names, you will be called out because of me. But realize that I still love you and realize that it's because of that you should keep going. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is a very deep Sunday coming right after us getting the Holy Spirit. And this is spirit work to be able to guide us through these times and these difficult challenges. 
But in that, realize that we are not alone and that we are all working together in this. Not only that God is with us, but as brothers and sisters in Christ, just like last week when the disciples were sent out, we are sent out and we are sent out to continue to encourage each other while continuing to move forward and where God is calling us to go within our mission. This is difficult, hard work. We will be persecuted. We will be called out. But realize in that the blessings that come from it as long as we continue to move forward. The Twitter question that I have for you today is where do you realize and see the value of the hard work you do? Where do you see the value of the hard work that you are doing? Because when I look back at those scientists who are working on and publishing papers and getting rejected, it's hard work to continue doing something you love even when people around you are saying you're crazy. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be moving forward. And when I look at these scientists and look at what they were able to do over the scope of various different years and continue to push forward, it's from that that we are able to realize the power of what they were able to do, not only for the science community, but also for us as humans. These are fundamental things that laid a foundation for us and the basic understandings of how our world works. Basic understanding of how God created this universe so that we can better understand our own creator. These types of things for us are monumental to help us better understand and better understand at times that things are going to be hard, but yet we have to continue to move forward. Right now, in the world in which we're in, there's a lot of things that are really difficult and hard. And realize that in these, that all of us are trying to work together to move forward. If you're needing help with something, call someone and be willing to lend that ear if you're called upon. Because we don't know if you're the Grex Gregor Mendel or Nicholas Copernicus. And maybe that just that support moves them forward to be able to help with the next great thing for us to be able to understand God in some way. Persecution is hard. Ridicule is difficult. But with those, we are able to better understand a small foretaste of what Christ was willing to do for us. And in that, we also then realize that is there are times that things are hard that are still worth doing. It's being able to decipher what is junk and what is truth. And sometimes that takes a lot of time to figure out. But I pray that in that, you realize that whatever you do, that there is something of value and truth that you are finding in what you do. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.